Good afternoon. I'm Al Cresta. There's no shortage of grace available for growth. And again, uh, we don't always know uh, how to access the grace of God. We know uh, it has something to do with our disposition. Uh, We sometimes don't realize the opportunities that are available to us as well. My guest, Father Quan Tran, is the author of The Imitation of Mary, Keys to Growth in Virtue and Grace. Uh, It's magnificent in explaining how grace operates in our life, how we access it, and how we grow uh, in virtue. So we're going to talk about that today. Let me tell you, Father Tran is a priest at the Diocese of Orange in California, currently assigned to St. Bonaventure Church in Huntington Beach. Before he uh, entered seminary, he worked as deputy district attorney for the county of Orange for 10 years. And in 2017, he started his Fullness of Grace apostolate to help Christians grow in their faith by forming a deep spiritual life in which they live out their vocations to holiness, intimacy with God, and bearing witness to Christ. And the cornerstone of his work is uh, the imitation of Mary. Father, great to have you here. Thanks. Thank you, Al, for having me. I'm happy to be with you. Before we get to the the book, I I caught part of your uh, vocation and conversion story, and I, I would like you to uh, share with us a little bit uh, about your conversion vocation and how it goes all the way back to your grandparents or great-grandparents, because a lot of times when we give our stories, we're not going back to the people who formed us. So tell us a little bit about that experience of your great-grandfather right. and great-grandmother. Right. So um, so I, I was... Um... I'm, I'm from Vietnam. I was born in Vietnam, and so it, um, growing up, I would hear the story about our family, how we became Catholic. And um, it was when my grandfather was about, I think, 12 years old or so, so this would be in the early 1900s. And um, so my, my um, great-grandmother was uh, deadly ill. She was really sick. She was in the hospital, and the doctor said that she wasn't going to make it. And at that time, uh, my grandfather was just walking home from the hospital, really, um, really sad and, and filled with despair. And he happened to cross um, a St. Joseph Catholic Church. And then he, he went up to the statue of St. Joseph and started to pray to St. Joseph for the first time, and just asking St. Joseph to save his wife. And he promised St. Joseph that if his wife uh, recovers, that the family would become Catholic. And surely enough, that evening, that, that night, my great-grandfather and great-grandmother had the same dream. They saw somebody who looked like St. Joseph coming into her hospital room and taking out her old organs and replacing them with new organs. Wow. <laughs> Right. And, and in the morning, my, my, my great-grandfather went to visit my great-grandmother, and, and they both shared with each other the same dream. And oh. now she is completely cured, completely better. She's healed. <laughs> she, she healed, yes. So soon thereafter, my family you know, uh, converted to the faith. And so I would say that my vocation to the priesthood probably started back then. You know, I think St. Joseph um, knew that ultimately I would become a priest, uh, even though I didn't realize it until later on in life. Oh, wow. That's, that's tremendous. Uh, yeah, let me jump it forward then to when you're a deputy district attorney. That's, uh, most people don't think of that as a preparation for the priesthood. <laughs> tell, <laughs> no. tell me about it. Right. That, that was, uh, it wasn't my plan to become a priest. Um, my plan was to get married. I had a good career. 
I had a house, a BMW, and four dogs. So, and, <laughs> and I was dating. So I was, uh, you know, that the last part was to, was to get married and start a family. But God had other plans. Um, I actually started drifting away from the faith, like a lot of young people going mm-hmm. off to college. Mm-hmm. You know, I stopped going to mass and and so on. But God was really patient with me, and so. Um, so the, the the girl that I was dating at the time was happened to be a very good Catholic, and uh, she wanted me to go to mass with her. And so I started going to mass with her again on Sunday just to, just to make her happy. And uh, things didn't work out between us, but uh, but I but I kept going to mass. And then my next girlfriend uh, wanted me to go to daily mass with her, and, <laughs> <laughs> and she introduced me to the rosary and to Eucharistic adoration and all these things. And so I was really, really practicing my faith for the first time in my life. And at the same time, I was just kind of just questioning my whole career. I didn't feel fulfilled as a, as a DA, so I, I, I thought about maybe just opening up my own law practice or just doing something, maybe even something else. But nothing felt right. So that's when I prayed to the Lord. I said, God, just help me. I, I don't really don't know what I'm supposed to do. Um, um, so please reveal to me what it is that I'm supposed to do. Sure. And then shortly thereafter, about uh, about three or four different people asked me if I ever thought about the priesthood. Wow. And um, oh. that just came out of nowhere. Yeah. I, I was 36 at the time. Wow. And so And so I started to look, look, look it up on the Internet. What, what does it mean? What does it take to be a priest? And uh, the more I read, the more I was just drawn, drawn to it. the priesthood. Beautiful. And um, everything fell into place after that. Isn't that something? Well, it's wonderful, and um, we rejoice uh, that you are a priest. And this ministry, Fullness of Grace, has drawn uh, many people's attention to the practice of the imitation of Mary. You, ask, you write that there's three main ideas behind your work, uh, the Apostolate Fullness of Grace. The first is that many people don't fully understand the true meaning of supernatural grace and how it works. And secondly... Um, how you develop the proper disposition and response to grace so you can merit an increase in grace. And thirdly, that uh, we don't take advantage of the fact that God has given us a perfect model of these dispositions and responses, and that's the Blessed Virgin Mary, uh, the Blessed Mother. Uh, I, I agree with you, by the way, uh, and I, I think that all that is true. So let's, let's talk a little bit about grace. Uh, with the first most basic question, what is grace? Right. Grace is a gift from God that re- requires a response from, from us in order to bear fruit. Um, a lot of times God is, is leading us to, to holiness, to perfection, to become his instrument in the world, and that requires a response. You know, we can ignore the grace or we can uh, receive the grace but don't do anything with it, and then it, it lies dormant uh, and it, or it goes to waste. And so it requires a response in order for it to bear fruit. And when we do respond, we receive additional graces. So God gives us um, the, the first grace to motivate us to do something, and then when we do it, he gives us additional grace to yes. accomplish that act. And then, of course, I look, I look at our Blessed Mother, who is called Full of Grace, and she's full of grace because she exercised her free will in a way that's, um, that perfectly uh, cooperates with God's grace. Uh, she knows how to respond perfectly, and, and she cooperates with grace. So therefore, she 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 earns the, this fullness of grace, which is really intended for all of us. We all have different levels of of grace that God has in, intend for all of us. Mm-hmm. But it seems like many of us don't know how to respond, right. and and we don't respond, and then and so we miss out on advancing in the spiritual life. 
It's not uncommon for people to want to change. Uh, they find that they can't, they think they can't change. They don't know how to put their will in gear uh, so they can move in the direction of that change. Does God provide grace prior to our uh, our knowledge? Uh, is, is, does can, can he kickstart us uh, if we feel we're in bondage? Yes, he he does. He does. He he gives us all the help that we need. Um, so he'll give us an initial grace to, to, to motivate us, maybe sometimes to go to Mass, sometimes to go to Eucharistic Adoration, uh, or perhaps practicing mortification as, as Lent is coming up, or, um, or practice acts of charity. So he motivates us in, in, in our daily life and inspires us uh, by the Holy Spirit, by grace, to do acts, uh, acts that will help us towards our salvation and or our sanctification. And, and we can ignore those inspirations, those thoughts, those ideas, or we can act on them. And when we do act on them, we, 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 we advance, we, we grow, and we flourish even more. Mm. And, and we sh- it's real important, isn't it, to, I mean, to just act in, in a positive way. I mean, sometimes people think they have to, you know, do the whole big thing. But it's important just to take, if a person wants to pray, begin praying, for instance, you don't start out necessarily praying for a full hour. Pray for five minutes, three minutes. Just move, do something. Exactly. Sometimes we, you know, we work ourselves up, you know, we, we think, you know, we, we dread doing something because we, we, we build it up in our, in our mind. You know, right. it's too hard to be a saint, it's yeah. too hard to be, uh, it's too hard to pray. No, just, just, just do what you can, when you can. And then, and then it gets easier. Once it gets rolling, then there's momentum, and there's additional graces to help you to, to, to keep it up, to, to, to grow further. There are many different types of grace, as you point out so well uh, in the book. Uh, just let's go over some of those titles. The first you mentioned is sanctifying grace. Uh, what is sanctifying grace? Right. Sanctifying grace makes us holy. It makes us like God, prepares us for heaven. And we receive this grace initially at baptism, and we receive it more with the other sacraments as well. And it's a habitual grace, meaning it, it works slowly in us. Uh, but we do have to cooperate with it in, mm-hmm. in that we do have to strive to grow in virtue, to grow in holiness, to avoid sin. And then so we, we, are, we are being um, sanctified. We're becoming more like Jesus mm-hmm. or, and more like Mary. And, uh, but, uh, but yeah, but... So, so that's sanctifying grace. And the sacraments are key here, is that right? Yes, the sacraments are uh, one of the main uh, channel of, of graces that Jesus instituted to help us to grow in grace, mm-hmm. right? So in, in my chapter 12, I talk about the sacraments and how they're so readily available for us to, to, in, to, to grow in grace, to have an increase in grace, if only we would re- receive, you know, uh, the Eucharist as, as frequently and with the proper disposition, and also confession as well. Now, uh, at, what are actual graces? So actual graces are, um, inspir- these are temporary graces that, that God gives us at certain times in our life. Um, perhaps a, a grace to uh, to motivate us to do something, to inspire mm-hmm. us to do something, 
and 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 then when we do it, he'll give us the grace to to complete the task. So that so they come, you know, perhaps when when I was discerning the priesthood, there was yeah. an abundance of actual grace to help me, you know, to to leave behind the world and 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 really to to be open and receptive and, and discerning uh, God's will. So yeah, so th- throughout our life, we we will get um, actual graces here and there. To, to motivate us to to advance to to do something um, uh, that's going to benefit us. My guest is Father Quan Tran, looking at the imitation of Mary. This uh, first segment we talked about grace, defining it, different types of graces, and there are many more. On the other side of the break, though, we begin to look at the Blessed Mother herself as a model of sanctity. I'm Al Cresta. We'll be right back. Last week at AveMariaRadio.net's Poll of the Week, we wanted to know what Olympic events you were looking forward to. 39% of you said gymnastics, 22% of you said swimming and diving, and 17% said volleyball. Thanks to all who filled out the poll, and we look forward to you answering again this week our new poll at AveMariaRadio.net. Scroll down on the homepage and click on Poll of the Week, AveMariaRadio.net. Afternoon. I'm Al Cresta. With me, Father Quan Tran. He is the author of *The Imitation of Mary: Keys to Growth in Virtue and Grace*. And uh, he makes the point: the heart of this book really is uh, the insight that by meditating on the attributes of the Blessed Virgin Mary and asking, of course, the Holy Spirit to enlighten us about the uh, uh, attributes. Uh, that we're lacking in, you know, we she's our model, we compare, we see areas in which we're lacking. Uh, we then focus on those areas and practice the qualities that are most difficult for us. And um, th- uh, this is, uh, Father, this is a very, very, uh, very good exercise. And uh, just, I'm just kind of curious how, you know, most people, when they talk about imitation, they talk about imitation of Christ. Why, what made you think uh, imitation of Mary? Well, during my initial conversion, uh, Mary had a powerful role in, in my you know, uh, conversion yeah. and vocation. And so um, I, I developed a, a close uh, relationship with our Blessed Mother. And, so, um, and she was the one who led me to Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, uh, even more so. Yeah. And so she can be a bridge for us, you know, some... some some of us, you know, yeah, ultimately it's imitation of, of, of Christ. Sure. And, and Mary is the most perfect uh, of all disciples, and she's, she's the, uh, the most perfect of, of uh, um, uh, she's God, God's masterpiece. So sometimes when we look to Jesus, we can say, well, he's God and man. I, right. can't, be, I can't be like Jesus. But, but, but uh, Mary was, was just a human, right? Yes. yes. She, she's, she's not divine. So, so that, makes us more, that makes it more accessible. And so we say, yeah, I, I can be holy. Um, you know, it, it is doable. You know, Jesus, does, Jesus said to be holy and to be perfect, just like your Heavenly Father's perfect. And he, he wouldn't ask us to do something that was impossible. Right, right. It's true. I think we, we you know, when I, when I was growing up uh, as a young Catholic boy, uh, I don't ever recall uh, with my friends uh, 
ever thinking that uh, we should be uh, seeking to be saints. That that was something for those statues at church, <laughs> you know, and 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 yet that's what he created us for. <laughs> that's that's what he intended for all of us to be what we call saints. Um, when you look to the Blessed Mother, what is the f- virtue, what is the feature of her life that that is most outstanding for you? Well, I, I you know, I did I identified 12 qualities of Mary that, that, that we can imitate, and, um, you know, there's... Um, there's there's so many of them that are so um, so essential. Um, I would say that the one is abandonment to divine providence. Okay. Um, that one, it, you know, because she suffered a lot, as, as you know, in, in, in union with Jesus, mm-hmm. and um, and and her, her life was a roller coaster, if you will. Yes. She did she didn't know what to expect and. And all these things were happening, and, uh, and and yet and yet she cooperated fully with God's grace, with His divine providence. She she didn't fight it; uh, she trusted in the Lord. And even while she was suffering and uh, the trials and the the, the the passion, the crucifixion, you know, she she accepted everything that this is God's plan, and He knows what He's doing, and and His will is always best. So there's this. Uh, perfect conformity to, to to God's will, which was which is another chapter. You know, the docility to God's will. Yes. And so a lot of all a lot of these uh, attributes they overlap. Right. They they, they complement right. each other. Um, but I think that that surrender to divine providence, that conformity to God's will, is is really what is um, really impressive about Mary. Um, and I think this is really in this day and age, uh, this is an especially difficult. Uh, uh, quality to to practice because we are increasingly told that uh, our life is in our hands that uh, what we will uh, we can bring about um, we you know we look at the the heroes of our age and they are uh, men and women who kind of take things into their own hands uh, humility abandonment to divine providence docility are not uh, you know, part of the constellation of um, 21st century heroic men and women. So what is the difference between abandoning oneself to divine providence and being indifferent to outcomes? In other words, you're not being, by being, abandoning yourself to divine providence, you're not being irresponsible and uncaring about what happens, do you? No, not at all. No, you, you want the best. You seek God's will, and, and you seek the good, and, and, uh, um, and, and you do your best. That's why I said, you know, we have to cooperate with God's yep. grace. No, no, you, you're not supposed to be passive. No, we, we, God wants us to contribute, to do our part as well. But, but when we get but you know, when we get to um, certain stages, when we find um, obstacles or difficulties or challenges, especially you know in, in today's world nowadays, you know, so many challenges and and suffering, and of course we do what we can to alleviate the suffering to to make to make things better. But if at some point you know there are certain things that are beyond our control, obviously, right? Right. And and so instead of getting all worked up about it, getting all upset and and stressed and and. And, and depressed. No, we, we surrender to God's providence, knowing that everything is within His control, 
And if he allows evil to happen or suffering to happen or uh, negative things to happen, that he, that he will bring about a greater good. Mm-hmm. Um, and some, a lot of times we can't see that, we can't recognize right. that now, but that's, what, that's when we need to, to trust um, that, that God is good, He is loving, and he, he, he can bring good even out of evil. Uh, in this chapter you have on abandonment, the divine providence, you spend a good deal of time talking about the mystery of suffering. And uh, this is, uh, we will all suffer. Uh, we know that. Uh, tell us the mystery of suffering. Is that, is it necessary to suffer? It will happen. It's inevitable. But is it necessary for our sanctification to suffer? Yes, the the lives of the saints, the life of Mary shows us that. And, and Saint Therese of Lisieux said this. She said, "You know, I understand that in order to be a great saint, one must suffer." Yeah. And uh, she said that, and and also one is free to choose um, how much to suffer. And then she said, "I I choose all, oh. Jesus. I, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid to suffer for you." And so and so the saints and we and we know that the saints said their their life was was filled with trials and suffering. But that doesn't mean they didn't have joy, right? God, and God gives us the grace. Whatever cross He gives us, He gives us the grace. And so sometimes we can be overwhelmed with suffering. But if we just remember. You know, when Jesus said to St. Paul, my grace is sufficient right. for you. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, and so, he, so that's why we see martyrs. That's why we see uh, her, uh, uh, saints with heroic virtue. Uh, that's because God supplies the, 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 the grace. And um, so, and, I mean, Jesus even said this himself, right? If you want to be my disciple, you have to take up your cross daily and follow me. And so we, we can't avoid the cross. We always, we, we're, we're going to have crosses in our life. It's how we approach it. We can either run from it or we can embrace it. Yeah. And when we embrace it, it, it just becomes so much lighter, and, 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 we, and, and we receive more graces. The seven sorrows of Mary play into this, uh, don't they? Right. So throughout her life, she, she's filled with uh, uh, suffering, and, and yet she, she embraced all of them. Right, as part of God's plan, mm-hmm. she didn't go looking for them, right. <laughs> but but she's not going to run away from them either. Right. Um, right. And so, the, so likewise with us, we don't go looking for the cross, we don't go looking to suffer, but if but if they they are given to us, and then then we we embrace them and and, and make the best of them. Um, talk to me about mortification, and since we're talking here about uh, suffering and and uh, abandonment to divine providence. Is mortification an active uh, choice that we make to suffer? Yes. So that's also um, is also necessary in in order to to advance mm-hmm. in, in in sanctity. Um, so because of our fallen human nature, uh, you, you know, we we're we're inclined to sin, and so we can't just act on our impulses, our our desires. You know, that's that's our world today. Right. Is, you know, whatever feels good, do it. Yeah. You know, you have that freedom, but when you act on those things, then you lose your freedom, and then you become slaves. And so we do have to practice self-control, and that's where mortification comes in. We have to deny ourselves. We have to, um, you know, let our intellect uh, rule uh, our passions. Mm-hmm. And so just practicing self-denial um, helps us to, to develop self-control, um, uh, temperance, and also, it, 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 uh, it helps us to grow in holiness. It conforms us to Jesus. And also, mortification helps to, um, I guess, uh, strengthen our prayer. You know, there, 
there are passages in the Bible where the, the disciples couldn't drive out a demon. Right. And, uh, and so when asked why they weren't able to do it, you know, Jesus said, well, this type of demon requires prayer and fasting. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yes, yeah, so fasting, self-denial, it, 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 it's efficacious and, and, and pleasing to God. If it, it's done in the right way, I said, you know, do it out of love for God, relying on the Holy, uh, relying on the Holy Spirit and, and in union with Christ. So the key of mortification, the key to that is is the exercise of self-control. Is that right? So that's that's one one key, right? Is okay. to be able to exercise uh, self-control. If you know, if we're going to advance in in, in virtue, mm-hmm. we need to be, um, you know, we need to be free from sin and um, and be able to resist sin and 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 um, our desi- our unruly desires. Yeah. Speaking of unruly desires, let's talk about lack of desire for a minute here. Um, I, we've, I'm sure everybody's had the experience of uh, realizing that you may be going to Mass regularly. Uh, you may not be engaged in any overt, you know, sin, obvious sin. But you don't necessarily have any desire, no passion for holiness, how, how do we develop holy desire? Well, that, yes, that, that is very important. Well, first of all, God is the one who, even, who, who plants the desire in us, mm-hmm. and, and we need to take that and, and go with it and, and, and cooperate with Him. So, so when you feel, um, yeah, so ask God for the grace. You know, if, if you're dreading going to Mass, if you're dreading, if prayer is dry and so on, ask mm-hmm. God for, 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 for that kickstart, yeah. that, that additional grace to help you, to motivate uh, you to, to, to do that. And then, um, and that, that's something we, we also have to develop and cultivate. You know, we can't be too immersed in the world. And, um, you know, there are obstacles to, to our, our desire, our, our growth in, in holiness. If we're immersed in sin, if we're immersed in the world, if we're... Um, attached to our, our own plans and our own desires. So we need to cultivate these dispositions in order to, to desire um, and, and, and to grow and to, and to um, and make efforts in, in a life of holiness. Fortitude. What is the role of fortitude in um, our sanctification? That's very important because, as you know, you know as, as we're striving to grow in the spiritual life, um, you know, we're going to find obstacles. There are going to be difficulties. And um, and so fortitude is necessary for us to push on, uh, to, 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 to keep going. Um, because if we're easily discouraged, if we e- easily give up, then we're, we're not going to advance. And God will test us, te- and, and uh, he'll, give, he'll, he'll give us challenges and trials and difficulties and dryness. Um, but that's when we need to persevere, to, 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 be, to be patient, to, to keep going, um, even when things are, are rough. Very good. Father, thanks. Wonderful making your acquaintance, and uh, I hope we can talk again. And how do people uh, stay abreast of your work at Fullness of Grace? So they can go to my website, fullnessofgrace.org, and there will be links to um, other uh, social media there. Very good. Thanks, Father. Thank you, Al. The Imitation of Mary, Father Quan Tran.